Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, yes, that's exactly what it smells like. Another episode of Causeway Kings, fresh out of the locker room and bags and all. Man, we are bringing all kinds of hockey baggage with us today. Talking about the black and gold, whom somehow we basically forgot to talk about last show, but that's okay because we're back again. We got Marshall, Gordo, and Clance, maybe even possibly Beacon joining us again this week. And as always, boys, it's a pleasure to see you. What's going on right off the bat, Clance? Guys, another exciting fucking week here with you, with this fucking goon squad we got going on here. Uh, no, I'm, I'm pumped to be back on with you guys. I feel like it's been a while, but even though it was last week, um, a lot going on. We got World Juniors. We got Bruins. Um, you know, signing the first and number one and number two oldest fucking centers in the league. Woohoo! <laughs> Way to go! Way to go, Don. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm excited to be back on talking some hockey with you guys. Um, but yeah, what about you, Gordo? What's going on with you, my man? Oh, nice Tuesday today. Had uh, our 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 friend from uh, last interview, Cam Brown, came and skated today. He's off to Vegas tomorrow for the big three ice finale in Las Vegas. Nice. They uh, they rented some ice out there. Uh, the, the team got together, and um, I think I think three ice puts them up from I want to say you know Friday um, through the weekend, and him and his teammates got together. Got an extra night of hotel rooms, booked some ice, and they're going to do a little preemptive uh, practice session to get ready for the million-dollar pot this weekend with three ice. And uh, and then we have a special guest swing through today, Adam Gaudet, local Braintree boy, uh, shipping off to Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow. So it was nice to have him out, um, actually him and his two brothers. So I had I had the, the Godette boys out today. That's and awesome. What's going on with you, Mel? Well, wait, I, you know, you just glossed over the most important news in your world. You might be having a baby on Friday. Shit. Well, well, there's really no like might be having a baby. I am having a fucking baby. Hey, your wife's <laughs> on time more than the Bruins are signing their own players. I'll say that. Good on her. <laughs> yeah, no, we're uh we're expecting um Clancy baby boy number three coming Friday, August 19th in the morning. Um, we were originally scheduled for the 24th, but they're uh, pushing up the C-section. So adding another member to the Causeway crew. You know, I got myself a first couple first liners out there. You know, I got a four-year-old boy, two-year-old boy, and a soon-to-be newborn boy. Yeah, this, this boy will be available for, I think, the 2040 draft. I think he just sneaks in there age-wise. I'm going to get him watching Conor Bedard highlight reels right away. Stop, stop making him pick it up quickly. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, I had a nice nine-hour total drive to and from Vermont, so that's great. So I'm uh, I'm operating on fumes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's great news, man. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, I wish you all the best. You're going to have to give me some pointers. My wife is going to probably pop sometime in uh, December, hopefully not right during or around the Winter Classic. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I – we have visions on trying to go to that game in some way, shape, or form, but uh, that's awesome, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's get a roll. I mean, we got a lot to talk about. I know we had Cam Brown, who was a great guest on last episode. In case you, anybody missed it, you can uh, look at it on Spotify and listen. That was a great interview, but um, we didn't we touch got, on really. We're going to let Beacon give his 30-second elevator pitch? Beacon's still on? on mute. He's still on mute. What the fuck, Beacon? Yeah, he doesn't have his shit up. So I was just going to talk about uh, 
the Bruins, uh, the Bruins signing uh, Krejci and uh, Bergeron, uh, first of their the three total moves they made last week. They also signed Pavel Zaka to avoid arbitration. But just wanted to uh, get your thoughts. I think you already alluded to them, Clance, on the uh, on the on the off the top, and we'll get Gordo's thoughts too for sure. What do you guys uh, What do you guys make? I mean, are they the most highlighted signings? No. Are are they good signings? From a leadership standpoint, yes. I, I think, you know, Bergeron is – he's a Hall of Famer. He's possibly the best two-way center to ever play the game in my eyes. He, he He's a voice in the locker room. He's a great leader. Are these the two missing pieces that are going to take us to the promised land? No, absolutely not. You know, are they going to help us? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't see them putting up 80, 90 points each this upcoming season, but – I think it gives us that gives us that leadership that you know the the veterans that we need and you know guys that can still produce at a high level, but I, I just don't think they're the missing pieces that we need. Gordo, I mean, I mean, from my perspective, just but I'll, I'll get into it more in a minute. But I just think it keeps them competitive. I, I mean, if they didn't sign those two, um, you were looking at maybe being in the top ten in the NHL draft. Like, I feel like that's, you know, they, they pretty much had no choice. I mean, you could say that it was a good sign. They were two good signings, but they also really didn't have a choice. They didn't have anything else left. And basically they were doing Sweeney and the Bruins a favor. But I want to get your thoughts, Gordo. Um, I mean, he's Bertrand's going to be a Hall of Famer, right? Or at least a Bruins legend. Oh, absolutely. But he's He's one of those guys you just, they got to sign him, right? you're not going to let him go somewhere else. I mean, I think there was some whispers, maybe Montreal, which that would have really stung, but um, you know, so I'm glad that they kept him here. Um, You know, and I think we've discussed this uh, the past couple episodes uh, briefly, but you know, his production at his age, the last couple seasons has been pretty damn good. It's, it's not, he's not, he's definitely not slowing down. And he's definitely the heartbeat of the locker room and the team. And, you know, he's a, he's a great captain. Um, Krejci, never really a big Krejci fan. Um, you know, kind of a up and down type of guy for me. You know, he's, I wouldn't say overly consistent. I don't know. I just never, um, never, never was a huge fan. Um, but, you know, and then he takes the year off, goes back to his, you know, native homeland, which is cool, I guess, but, you know, playing kind of not so great hockey for a season and, you know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing when he comes back, I don't think that's going to be too much of a detriment to, you know, kind of for him to get back into the swing of things. But um, I think I, I think I mentioned this to you guys maybe uh, off the air, but, you know, if I was Don Sweeney, I would be trying – everything in my power to tank this season as uh, <laughs> there's a young man at world junior right now. That's the kid is, you know, I mean, is he the, is he the next Connor McDavid? I don't know. Um, personally, well, I, I, personally, I think they are like two different players, right? McDavid's actually a big guy. He's like six, three, six, four, and he can absolutely fly like the wind. Bedard's not that big of a kid, but um I mean, he's a special player and, you know, got special exempt in the OHL um, or WHL, excuse me. 
and he's you know he's putting he's put up big numbers as a 15 year old and you know since he's landed the cave is i think he's got um i'll have to look up his points but he's got a ton of them um and then you watch him on the world stage uh, at some of these events the world juniors um you know and he's just he scores these you know, highlight real goals. Uh, the kids, I mean, the kids release. I wish it's, I an, it's an NHL caliber release right now. Who would you compare him to, uh, guys? Who do you think he compares I mean, to? It, it being a young kid and like, yeah, he's putting up massive points, but he's putting up like highlight real goals as well. Like dangling through legs, like toe drag. Like he's just, he's at a whole new level. I mean, I think he's like I would, I would say he like he's a mixture of Kane and McDavid. Sign me up. Is, is that, that good? I mean, I, I don't know, B you you think fucking Steve Eisman's a, a waste of a GM, so we're not even gonna get your fucking opinion. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> but I knew I would get I'd get you with that thing. <laughs> but I mean, again, he is a young kid and I, I, I posted it on our social media page a couple days ago. He's got like 177 points in like 70 something games or something like that. Like it's like a fucking crazy stat, you know, and and the kids, I think he can only get better from here, which I think is hard to believe seeing what he's doing at, you know, the national stage right now in the world of juniors. I mean, game one, him and the McTavish kid had a a tic-tac-toe passing goal that you literally would only see, Dry Saddle McDavid do or or Taves and Kane, you know. But I agree with Gordo. I'd love to see the Bruins tank this fucking season and get him in the draft, which Don would probably not do. No. Well, you know? I think Don Sweeney might be open to the idea. I just don't think the Jacobs want to uh, have a losing season and lose their playoff gate. I don't see them tanking at all or accepting it. I agree. Hmm. Yeah, that you if you listen to that. Uh, press conference they definitely had no interest in tanking at all yeah you know and it just to, to go back on the the bergeron and Krejci thing real quick like gordo you mentioned like bergeron's still producing at a high level i mean last year he played 73 games and he still had 25 goals and 40 assists for 65 points in 73 games you know you add another you know nine games to that he's you know probably could have 70 points you know, at what is he, 30, 37 years old, you know, and crazy, you know, he played 51 games and had 46 points, 20 and 26. Well, the My guy, whole, what's that going on? I was going to say he's, he's a machine, man. He's, and he's a warrior. So like, you know, for good, bad or indifferent with in the locker room there, I mean, to watch a guy, you know, be a pro like he is and, you know, I mean, I th- that pl- one playoff season, I think he like broke a rib, had a messed up punctured ankle, lung, yeah, all sorts of crap. And the guy played through the whole playoff series. It was incredible. Like he's just, yeah. a, you he, know, he's a he's a he's a just he's a fantastic leader and he's a tough tough son of a bitch. So, like that's a guy. You know, like I said, you're not going to let him go, and he's not bending down. So, but I don't. I don't. What are you guys? What are you guys' thoughts on the money that get, they gave him? Two and a half million salary, then with another additional two and a half million incentive wise. It's an Aginla type contract. Basically, they can do that when it's they're over thirty five. They can push it into future years. Um, so I Basically mean, what Tampa did. 
yeah, it, they they did they did the Bruins a solid. My thing about Krejci, like I'm not worried about uh, I'm not worried about Bergeron playing at a high level. He just won the Selkie, and and you know he's he's going to still be a reasonable facsimile of what he's always been. My concern with Krejci is like playing in the Czech League against lesser competition, played 51 games. Like, how's he going to be in a second night of a back to back? three games in four nights because he's not he's going to be playing major minutes like both these guys are especially Krejci I just have a concern on him holding up because they you know he only played 51 games his last season with the Bruins too so did you did you guys know that in all of Krejci's career he's only played two seasons where he's played all 82 games wow Yeah, he's been he's he gets hurt sometimes. I mean, he wears down. He had that hip problem a few years ago, um, so it's it's not like it's not a lock. And like I said, the, he's not coming in playing like third line, like kind of cherry picking, not play, you know just playing power play and getting good matchups. Like he's gonna have to play um, hard minutes. I will say he's, he's gonna be playing great. I was going to say, he's going to have to be one of the guys that carries the team for the first few months of the season with Marshan down and with McAvoy gone. Yeah. And I, I find it funny. I don't know if you guys saw, like, the interview after he signed. And, Beacon, I'm sure you probably did, you know, being in your, your career and stuff. Like, they asked him, like, was Cassidy leaving or getting fired one of the reasons why you came back? And he comes out and says, no, that had nothing to do with it. I wanted to, I wanted to play with Bergey and Poster again. Well, they were there last year, and you left because of the coach. You know what I mean? Like it, it's kind of – I mean, it, it is kind of uh, curious to see how these moves kind of developed, and they all went back to back to back the way they did. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think it was completely motivated by Cassidy's departure, but might, maybe it played a role. Who knows? Who do, who do you see Krejci – like, I, I picture the second line, Krejci – Pasta and Zaka. What do you oh, guys interesting. think? Interesting. Well, I, I'm I'm kind of, I look at it this way: all three of them are Czech, right? They, they've all the they, season, they've yeah. all they've all played together before. It, you know, at some point in their career, it, you know, whether it's international or whatever. I mean, the three that you have the Czech connection with those three that that could be a pretty good line. And I think Zaka has a lot left in the tank as a young kid, having someone like Krejci, who you know, admittedly does have great vision and great hands and can can feed him the puck. You know, you got him all, you got Zaka on one side, Pasta on the other, and Krejci down the middle, feeding those two, you know, sauce passes for one time is could be a pretty good second line. And so you're moving Taylor Hall up to the first line, I'm assuming? This is well yeah, to fill in for Masha until he's Yeah, back. he's talking to start the year. Yeah, to start gotcha. the year. Because I mean Taylor Hall is yeah. a left wing, Marshawn's a left wing. You you need somebody. You know, Marshall. True. I was going to say he and uh, Krejci had a good chemistry going before he left. So I don't know. Is that something you want to try and recapture? It, it, yeah. I mean, I would love to, but at the same time, you you, you got to puzzle this team together right now with what you got. And to me, it makes most sense. You know, putting Hall up on the first line, filling in why Marshawn's gone. And the other thing too is like. You don't even know, like, yeah, Marshawn will be back in six months. Is that back playing in games in six months or back on the ice skating in six months? Because in Gordo, you know, as a hockey player and a pro, like, there's 
being in skating shape and then there's being in game shape. Like you, you can go do fucking Herb Brooks suicides all day long, but it's not going to get you. Re- I mean, yeah, we'll get you in good shape and good, you know, good skating condition, but it's not going to get you game like speed. You know what I mean? And you're, and you're missing the and the biggest part of him being out for that first, you know, stretch is in, in my eyes. I he's he's the heartbeat of the team, man. Like you know, the skill, the grit, the the, the you know, he, he for a little guy. I mean, he gets after it, right. Like that's kind of that Bruins hockey that you know we we all love to watch. And with him not in the lineup, like you know, Bergeron's not that guy. Pasta's not that guy. Krejci's not that guy. Um, so I think it's really going to hurt not having him in the lineup. And you know, I think up front for a little bit here, it's going to be a little bit of a and to my guy Charlie Coyle, man. I, I've I've been saying, I've been saying this since he got here, like the kid's a beast. He's a first round draft pick. I could not figure out for the life of me why they got him like on the third line. Like, you know, is was he the same kid when he was in Minnesota? Maybe maybe not. But it really, last year I think when they finally like gave him a chance to play with some good players, like he was really starting to produce and play well. And you know, he he can play, man. He's a he's a big kid, and you know. He, he does he does some really good things out there. So and he's resilient too. Yeah. So where are you going to put you him? Know? Like back back on the third line again? They need to find a good mix with him. Like he just didn't. I thought he didn't really mesh well with Hall, which I was surprised at. Like you saw well with Hall. What's up? <laughs> I said I don't think anybody meshes well with Hall. <laughs> well, except for Krejci, maybe. Okay, but no, but what I'm saying, like when you saw when like they went to the cup. He was probably their second best forward and sometimes their best forward. Like him and Johansson were freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, like they need to find, they need to find a way to, to get the right mix with him and unleash his potential. I just don't think you're going to get that with Craig Smith and Trent Frederick. So no. my, my thing is, is like when they get all full go, unfortunately they might have to just wait. Maybe you put Zaka with, with, uh, with coil and that might, you know, two two big bodies with some skill that might actually work. I think they train together at down in Foxborough because I know Zaka lives around here in the off season. He's always skating down at there. He plays in that three on three pro league on Monday nights, and I want to say he trains in Foxborough with a lot of the pro guys. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, he's around uh, here. Yeah, but I mean, I agree. I, I think I don't think people give Charlie Coyle enough credit for what he can bring to the table. I mean, in my eyes. That guy has had never had really a set set of wings to develop that chemistry with. No, you know he he'd play like one or two games with two guys. Oh, they didn't have any points. We're gonna switch it up. Like instead of giving like a 10, 15, you know, 17, 18 game stretch to let them really mend together, you're not gonna get that chemistry going. No, I, you know I got the solution. You have Fabian Lysel make the team play with him and Zaka. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Mike, if the kid had one snipe in the World Juniors, often. He, fucking Don Sweeney's going to give him a fucking 10 for 10. Because he's better than anything else. Jackson, Nika, and whatever else Flotsam and Jetsam. Oh, I don't around. even want to hear that fucking name. <laughs> what? He's I, a stud. Uh, I actually had a post. Uh, I po- I, it popped up in my feed the other day. I posted. Uh, remember when he wore 68? Stanika, yeah. Oh, man. That just like went up my ass sideways. That's just that's, uh, <laughs> That's such a disgrace to the great Yarmir Yager. Oh, I was not a happy camper, and I 
I let my feelings be known quite a bit. Uh, it, it's just it, I, this the first part of this season leading up to the All Star break is going to be very frustrating to watch the Bruins, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I think, as, I think as you guys all know, right, the the NHL regular season nowadays is not what the regular season NHL used to be. So could the Bruins kind of get through the first kind of stretch of the season and be okay? I think so. Um, you know, I think it's going to all – I mean, like we said before, I think up front not too much to worry about. You know, when I think when push comes to shove, I mean, obviously not having Marshy this year is going to really hurt. But, um, you know, you, you've got some firepower there. You got some speed. You got some. You got some size. I think it's again the back end is where it's going to really kind of. It's going to be hit or miss. I think. Yeah. And then goaltending. Uh, you know, coming back year two, is Swayman. You know, is he going to be goalies as you guys know? You know, in their younger days, it's it's an up and down process. So. I mean, I'm rooting for the kid, but. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not overly concerned with the goalie situation. I thought those two, you know, Almark and, and Swayman, I thought they did pretty well um, last year. I I think Almark still has a lot more to prove than Swayman right now from a contract standpoint. Oh, yeah. Where, where they're paying oh, this yeah. guy $5 million a year. To be, you know, to be hey, a backup, you, you, uh-uh. Exactly. You know, I, I think one of the the benefits that's going to help the Bruins, you know, lead, you know, to get over this this hump of suckiness, um, is going to be having Montgomery as a coach. I, I think he's going to do great things. I mean, look what he did in was I think it was Dallas. Yeah, when he was coaching yep. Dallas and he took over there, and they were as much of a shit show as the fucking Bruins are right now. You know, they had Sagan out hurt. They had Radulov out hurt. They had Ben in and out of the lineup. And, like, he did amazing things with that team over there. And I personally think that the Bruins have more talent and more depth than the, the Stars did. So I think Montgomery kind of has a game plan to, to know what to do to make this team be sustainable and be a team that can compete night in, night out until they can get those star players back and healthy. Yeah, I, I agree. My, my concern on that is, too, Clance, is, is I think he's got a plan. I want to see what he does with the defense core. So I have some, I have some concerns about, about that defense core uh, overall. Like, you know, how's Lindholm going to be coming back? McAvoy being out. Um, how they shake out the, the bottom four pair. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just – uh, you know, the bottom two pairs, like it just, you know, I, I don't love, like I said before, I don't love the Carlo um, Lindholm pairing. Last time they were together, Lindholm got his fucking brain scrambled. So, you know, I, they need to, they need to figure out what they're going to do there. Cause obviously they, they're up against the cap. Here's, here's a couple other things. They're right up against the cap. They're going to have to make a move to get below the cap uh, by the time they start playing games. So, I mean, someone's got to be going out the door. The Bruins were noted as to being uh, in talks to trade Craig Smith as well. Well, 
might not be carrying a huge cap hit that does still free up a couple of buckaroos. It's three million. I think he, I think his cap hits around three million, um, if, if not a little bit over. That'll definitely um, help if you can move that and get like not a lot of uh, salary in return. I mean, that's the kind of thing where it's like, look, you just need to cut a little bit here. Sorry, dude, you've been great to the team, but this is part of the business of hockey that not everyone likes to make this decision, but it has to be made. Wasn't great last season. Like that whole that third line and not to lump in the individual player. I mean, obviously we talked about coil, but they were like a negative 16 combined in those seven games against Carolina. I mean, they were just atrocious. I, I think it was just bad matchups too. So, um, you know, and, and that'll free up some money so they could be cap compliant, but also um, maybe it'll free up a spot for one of these young players to maybe grab on to a, to a spot as a bottom six wing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wish they I wish they traded Craig Smith in the offseason, freed up that I think he's like three point two million a year he's making. Yeah. I would have traded him, got rid of that contract, and went out and signed Zakita Zadorov to bring in size, grit, and toughness on the back end because I'm pretty sure he re-signed for the exact same money that fucking Craig Smith is making right now. And Zadorov would have been a thousand times more effective than Craig Smith has been since he signed here. At least in his role. I Yeah. For whatever reason, man, they don't sign Russians. The Bruins just are, are terrified of signing Russians. Well, look I, what's I happened what every is. time they have, dude. I mean, do, do I even have to bring up Jamnov? Do I even have to bring up Jamnov? I asked. That you. was like that was like eight hundred years ago. Like it was twenty I mean, years ago. And if yeah, you were no, no, that was one of the last times you saw a Russian on the on the roster, wasn't it? And Merrill, well, they, the problem and is, and you keep hopping on the 2015 fucking draft seven years ago, buddy. Let it go, bro. I will go as far back <laughs> as I need to to prove a point. Okay? I just, I just want them to sign good players. I don't care whether they're Russian, Japanese, or wherever. But my thing is, is like. There's good players that are available, and they just don't – they don't put – I don't know what their scouting budget is in Russia, but I bet you it's freaking minuscule. I know they, they had a they had a partnership deal with a, with a team in Finland, you know, and that's great. Like, I understand that. You know, Sweden, they have P.J. Stock uh, – P.J. Stock P, – uh, P.J. Atchelson there. P.J. Like, Drive, that's it. You just – P.J. Atchelson, the guy who skated like a fucking ostrich. He's better than me. <laughs> Never heard that anyway, before. That, that, that's, that's a new that, one. I, you know, getting back, I totally agree with you, Clance. They, they needed to do. They needed to upgrade that that uh, defense core, whether it was a right hand shot or a left hand shot, just so they they're not stuck with like relying on big minutes with guys like Mike Riley. I, you know, even Matt Grizzlick. I know he's hurt, but I think when they have when they're forced to play like more than seventeen minutes, I, I think you kind of see their warts a lot more than uh, than what they really should be playing. You know, they should be playing really bottom six. I wanted to get you guys' thoughts real quick on um, have heard nothing on the Pasternak extension talks. I'm kind of a little concerned about it, small C, but I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts and in, in, in on, you know, what's going on with that because, you know, Sweetie mentioned that briefly in the press conference, but – there's yeah. not really a whole lot going on, which I'm kind of concerned about. Well, hopefully, porch oh, side. Very concerned. Porch side now, be con. I, I hear the jungle behind you. It must be one of those beautiful nights in New England, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, be con. What are you in those am, fucking? What are you in those June actually, bugs doing? Jurassic Park. I'm sitting on my patio right now uh, with my beagle sitting next to me. It's pretty nice. Uh, 
Welcome to New England Park. <laughs> no, what's your take, buddy? Take it away. My take? Oh, I was just going to say, jumping back to the Jim Montgomery situation, I'm curious to see what he does with the special teams unit. That seems to be the big thing about him. Apparently, he's a PK whisperer, from what I've been told by my sources. So I'm curious to see how the Bruins look in that respect. PK whisperer. Well, that's what they – And yeah, I'm not talking PK Stupon. That's one of their oh. issues that they had was uh, was on the penalty kill. I'd also be concerned about David Pasternak. I just feel like I'm getting the sense that they're just a little bit far apart on a number for uh, money-wise. See, I, still gotta, I'm uh, still got to negotiate. I'm not as concerned as most people are, only because we were hearing crickets just like we hear when Beacon's talking right now about Bergeron, <laughs> about Bergeron and Krejci. And then out of the blue, one day, both guys assigned. We didn't hear anything for weeks. And then out of the blue, boom, they're signed. That is true. Could, could be the exact same thing with pasta. They're, they're working out in the back end. They're not releasing anything to the press or anything like that. And we may just see on Twitter one day another creepy picture of, like, pasta being like, <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, pasta's re-signed for eight years, 60 million or whatever. It's going to be him walking in with some wacky suit he got at Men's Warehouse and had it fully tailored. That's when you'll know he's about to sign that massive deal. The rubber I mean, ducky suit? That's a legend. Like, like I said, I'm not like I'm not panicking. I just say it's just something to keep an eye on. Like if they start playing preseason games and he's still not signed and the regular season starts, like that's kind of the line of demarcation to me is if they start the regular season and he doesn't have a contract, uh, that would concern me. I mean, I saw you saw how it went with Johnny Gaudreau, and I thought Johnny Gaudreau was going to sign back at Calgary. Like, I mean, you know, part of it is they had a great season, and they kind of couldn't trade him because they were they were really having a great season. But like, it's just something to keep an eye on. Like, these players are moving now; they're not staying necessarily staying with one team, uh, like we're kind of used to seeing. It's becoming more of a players' league, so it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I don't think. I mean. I think the loyalty thing and guys, you know, playing in the same uniform, I, I don't think for their career, I don't think that's going to be a trend that we're going to see too often. I think it's going to be chasing the money. So I do think inevitably that Bruins will sign pasta unless there's some secret, you know, thing going on behind closed doors and they're going to, you know, sell the farm and Connor Bedard, here we come. So, which I would be very, I, I always say that all the time. I, you know, not that we haven't had some really good players come through the organization in years past, but like, when's that last guy that we've drafted that just was a, you know, absolute superstar. So I think maybe Joe Thornton was going to be that guy. He was and, the last one of his type in this uniform. That's for certain. Yeah. And, and, and we got, it's weird seeing him still playing with that beard. And... Well, actually, actually, I would even say Pasternak was the last player for the Bruins because technically his second, he came out of nowhere, first of all. He just signed, and mm-hmm. then he played in the AHL for a short bit. He was fire, came right on up, and he's been an elite player ever since. So yeah. I take that back. Pasta is your latest man for the Bees. Yeah, but I don't think he was that, like, it guy. You know, like you just said, he was that, like, you know. Where'd you, where'd you come from? Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm saying like a, a guy that's like a bona fide first round draft pick that's just going to come in and like change your organization around and, 
You know, I don't even think they thought, I mean, I remember when Bergeron came in, he was an 18 year old kid. I don't think anyone imagined that he was going to, you know, and then for, and for a lot of years, and I'm not just, I mean, the guy's had an amazing career, but you know, he played on some really shitty teams back when he first came in the league. And he was looked at as more of like a, you know, second, third line centerman that's going to play 200 feet up and down and, you know, play good defense and contribute. And, you know, he's obviously turned that into something much more, but, you know, no, I'm talking like a Connor McDavid, like, you know, this is our guy. We got the first round draft pick. He comes in and the guy is just a mega star. So I, I think Boston could go for like one of those guys. The thing about the I mean, Bedard too, too would is, you consider, I was going to say, would you consider Charlie McAvoy in that class or is that doesn't fit the bill because he's not an offensive star? Um, no, I, I, I mean, but do you think he's a Kale McCarr? No, no, he's, he's in that next tier, I think. Yeah. I mean, he, don't get me wrong. I think he's a good player. Um, but I, I mean, that McCarr kid, you know, since he's come in the league is like, he's on a different level. So and I'm a UMass guy. I've been harping about him since I first witnessed him at the school. So definitely a player to watch for the future. Yeah. Oh, no, I think he's more of like a Drew Doughty type. Who's that? I think he's more, I think uh, McAvoy is more of the Drew Doughty type, you know what I mean? Kind of a two way can be physical, can contribute in all facets. Obviously McCarr is like, he's revolutionized the game. Kale McCarr. Like he's like a talk about a unicorn. Yeah. I think, I, th- I mean, I mean, this is a pretty big compliment, but you know, kind of the way Bobby Orr kind of, you know, reinvented that position way, way back. And, you know, that kind of offensive defenseman, like that this kid is, you know, and again, not a, he was a free, was he a free agent? No. So he, but Makar was, he was, was drafted. drafted. He, he was the first round draft pick. By Colorado. Okay. He when, when he got drafted, everybody that was at the draft was like, Brooks Bandits, like AJ, like who? <laughs> yeah. And they're literally, that was the thing. They're like, we've never heard of this kid. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. And he just, and I mean, you heard about him at UMass, but, you never really heard heard about him until his senior year when he just went to a whole new level and stepped into the league and is now doing what he's doing. Yeah. And it, I mean, o- it only I mean, took him a few years to do it. Yeah. I mean, just to put this into perspective, my brothers are not really big sports fanatics. However, my one of my brothers was a part of the UMass Bull Gang back when Kale McCarr was out there. He said, single-handedly, that guy got me invested in hockey. Yeah. That guy alone. Now that oh, yeah. statement said, right there. That statement right there is the most single important thing I think I've ever heard associated with hockey. Growing the game in any way, shape, or form. If that's what happened to another random college age person who was a peer of his, and he saw him play like that, what is the small child who's now watching him on TV in the NHL hoisted a Stanley Cup up over his head? Think, think about that, gentlemen. Think about that, listeners. That is some wild shit right there, and that is how you grow the hey, game. Hey, Greg Carvel found this diamond in the rough, brought him to UMass, and that completely changed the entire trajectory of the program. Went from a laughing stock that went 529 and 2 in 2015 or 16, whatever, to winning a national uh, championship three years later. You don't see that ever. No, no. It's an and it's a great, it's a, it's a, awesome it's it was weird like i remember in my college days like playing there and you know it was like why is there nobody at this game it's a unbelievable like great arena and it's a state school mass like 
you know, it's it, and it is kind of cool kind of seeing, you know, like it's not your, you know, BU, BC every year. It's, you know, UMass Amherst is like the the hot school. That guy's done a fantastic job. And they just renovated their entire locker room area and it's absolutely sick. Yeah. I'm I'm fired up. My uh I was over uh I was talking to the level boys today and Timmy Jr. just went off to ASU and that new I can't wait to see that new the new arena. Gong show. Can't wait to see the Arizona Coyotes playing out of there. That, whoop, whoop. We were talking about that too, like how, you know, and uh, so I asked, I asked uh, Tim's dad, I said, you know, what's he think about the Coyotes plan? It's got to be kind of cool. And he's like, I think kind of the, some of the guys are kind of like pissed about it. Like they don't, they're kind of taking away some of the, you know, their thunder. Yeah. Having an NHL team kind of like playing on their, you know, home, home, home turf. So. And they're probably better than the Coyotes. <laughs> probably, yes. Oh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. I, I, I do want to touch on that uh, a little bit more, but I, I wanted to go back to the, the Connor Bedard kid, and I forget who which one he said, like, you know, when was the last time we've seen something? I mean, obviously McDavid, Crosby, like, we haven't really like, – when those guys were coming up to the draft, like, we started hearing about them when they were, like, 15, 14, 15, 16. I like, shit. We were hearing about Crosby when he was fucking nine years old. Yep. You know, true. like Bedard is that like, you know, yeah, yeah. This year, like we heard about Shane Wright leading up to the draft, but we've been hearing about Bedard for several years before he's even eligible for the draft. Like kids that's when he, he's at that level. Yeah. And sure. I follow him on social media. And if, if that kid works hotter in the gym, working out off ice, than he does on the ice. It's amazing to see what this kid does. It you really know, is, you know. You know, you know what I'm thinking too, Clance. Like, the so I was thinking, draft. like, he's gonna what? <laughs> the 2015 draft? No, shockingly not. <laughs> Believe it or not, I, never heard I wasn't heard him. thinking about why Ben is obsessed with Alexi Jamnoff. But um, <laughs> I heard Shane O'Brien's still hanging around somewhere too. <laughs> but like. My thing is, like, he's going to go to either one of three teams. He's either going to go to Chicago, he's going to go to Arizona, he's going to go to Buffalo. I, he's not going to Arizona, no chance. No. I'm talking about if they draft well, – so, yeah. But I'm saying it'll be in position to draft him. Like, yeah. who, one of those three is getting the number one pick, I think. Yeah, he'll pull an Eli Manning and be miserable at the draft when he takes the fucking – Coyotes jersey, and then I, a, day, a day later, we're gonna hear he's traded him exactly. Yeah, I didn't think Owen Power was gonna sign with Buffalo when he did after he was drafted. Like I thought, I, I thought he was gonna stay in Michigan forever after that. Honestly, why would you? They didn't after the shit that their coaches got fired for. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that, yeah, I mean, absolute stud. Like he has no business being at college anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the kid Johnson from Michigan just pulled off the Michigan the other night for Team Canada and the World Juniors. Yeah. You know? Unbelievable. I, I, have you guys been watching the World Juniors? I can't say that I have, but I did catch the highlight recap of Latvia taking their first ever win. That was yeah. pretty cool. I mean, USA is undefeated right now. They play um, tomorrow night at 1030 against Czech- Czechnia. Chesnia. Um, USA's got some firepower, man. They got the 
Bedard, they got Cooley, they got um this this solid and net. I think they have a chance of taking gold. Interesting. Uh, here we go, Beacon. Here we go. Let me guess. Everybody on Team USA is fucking overrated, right? <laughs> no, I, I would definitely say the U.S. is going to compete for the title. It's probably going to be a loaded battle at the end, but I think they're going to be up there. I mean, if I remember correctly, Sweden was the favorite, and they knocked off Sweden the other night. Yeah. Nice. I think it probably, I mean, it's probably looking like a U.S. in the final. Be sick. Yeah. Sounds about right. All right. Light bulb. Just had a light bulb session. I'll go bing. off. Bing, bing. And no, that's not the glare off my giant fucking forehead. That's the true light bulb. Um, Speak guys, the truth, Lance. Depending on the time of the gold medal game, if you if it is a U.S. versus Canada gold medal game, I think we do a fucking live stream watching oh, the game. my God. And, Put the, put the link out on like fucking social media and just like let people join in here and there, whatever. Yeah. Be oh yeah, so I'm the, down. The Manning cast it. The man what? cast what? Ha, have you tried the Manning cast yet for uh, NFL games where they basically just have a feed of Peyton Manning and Eli doing a show? Speaking of the Mannings, they're doing a, a live show while the game's going on and they're just adding their commentary to it. Wait, wait. So there's a service that specifically will let you watch said NFL game while also keeping a sub window of the Manning brothers fucking around during the game. Yes. Oh my Here god. Go, That's, bro- go. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. We'll start, we'll start small, World Juniors. That's right. And then we'll build up from there. We'll be doing Bruins games, just talking shit about the Bruins as they're alive. Causeway cast. Yeah. So, listen, I, I just found my, the, the stats I was talking about earlier for Connor Bedard. He has 70 goals and 129 points in the last 77 games across the WHL, U18, and U20 tournament. Yeah. He just turned 17 three weeks ago. Yeah. Gross. He still wears a, he's still wearing a mask. <laughs> he's a handsome fella, too. He's yeah. gonna do. He's gonna do just fine with the ladies wherever he signs. I don't. I, the The hard part with these like new kids, like the like even Connor McDavid, like don't you find them to be like a robot though? Oh yeah, no, they're totally devoid of usual personality. They know one. What are you gear. talking about? They know one not, gear. Hockey business. Did anyone not see the picture of Connor McDavid? Buckles walking out of a bar with someone that was not his girlfriend. Now that he's now that he's there, like you know, now that he's made it. But uh, I don't. know. I was listening to some. Uh, it might have been on Rogan, maybe. And he had some guy. They were talking about Tiger Woods. Have you guys seen that video? And they were talking about Tiger Woods and his dad. No. And it was. And they had the e word. Enough. Like when you had enough. Like his dad used to be like when you've had enough. You'd, tell me and he would never say the e-word and that's how <laughs> but then they they went to they you know he's like that's how he grew up his whole life being this kind of machine of just golf 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 and you know i kind of like watch these kids like this bedard kid i'm like it, even some even some of these other social media kids you watch and it's like they're flying to wherever to go work with Pavel Barber. And then they're flying to this place to go work with uh, uh, Tim Turk to do, you know, shot the shot guy. And um, they're going to this skating coach here. And like, that's all those kids lives are is just hockey 24, seven, 365. And I, but once like- you, 
some of these get kids, they get out of the high school ranks, they go to the ISL or some prep school somewhere. And then from that point on, it's all about hockey. That's it. It's basically all hockey all the time. So I can definitely see why some of them come out and just seem like they don't have personalities. It seems like it's getting worse. Don't you get, don't you guys think like, oh, yeah. well, I, I think, well, no, I, I would not put ISL prep schools in the same category as Canadian junior hockey, the WHL, the CHL. Oh the, no, that's the, next level. Cause yeah. I mean, the ISL kids, they play, you know, with playoffs and all that 30 games. These WHL, CHL, Q kids are yeah. playing 60 plus regular season games. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not going to college. They're trying to go play pro. Yeah. ISL kids at Nobles and Thayer are trying to go play D1 college. Yeah. Well, they're playing they're playing regular season, then they're playing playoffs, and then they're playing you know if they qualify, they're playing Memorial Cup. Like yeah, it's a shit ton of games. Yeah, it ends up being like close to eighty games. Yeah, and that and that kid, I think. Th- I think he was uh, the the kid. The person before was I think McDavid got that special exemption to play in, uh, you know, because he wasn't old enough. So he got exempt. He was, you know, so he's kids playing major junior at fifteen, right? So overage kid is what twenty one. Yeah. So that's that's your age out year. So, I mean, that kid could play major junior for like seven years, which is oh my god, which is could you imagine what he would do? No, I no. (laughs) It'd be like putting Crosby at like BU or BC and see what he does for a season. Stop! They're already <laughs> dead. I was co- I was coaching in uh, when I coached in Green Bay for a season. My boss sent me up to Faribault, Minnesota, out where Shattuck is, and I walked in the rink and I took a right and like the warm ups are going on and there's like Jerry York, Jack Parker, like literally every college hockey legend. Team, every yeah, like just legend coaches, and you know who they are because they got their jacket on, and and then you walk in, and there was this little sophomore kid, you know, from Canada, playing out of prep school in Minnesota, and my my boss calls me, and he's like, "How's this Crosby kid?" <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, "Yeah, he's like in the team in that team." Um, I'm trying to think of some like big name. They had like Stafford. Remember that kid who played at like North Dakota? Played for Buffalo. I Drew, think Drew Stafford. Yep. Stafford. I think he might play for the Bruins for a bit. Yeah, yep. Drew Stafford. Oh, they had like Short Kane, scene, but Stafford. Yeah. Um, Derek yeah. Stepan was there. They were lo- like loaded, and that and he was like watching a watching a you know I would say he was a sophomore, so probably like 14, 15 year old kid. Like just his brain and how he played the game was just stupid how good he was so you know and you see it like but again he's a kid that just is like bred to play hockey his entire life he kind of seems like a nerdy kid and so does mcdavid and i'm sure this bedard kid is probably you know similar like doesn't seem like he has much of a personality just like a robot but crosby doesn't even have social media like he's got he's like off the grid He's too busy sitting in the basement of his own million-dollar mansion uh, shooting pucks at that same old uh, dryer that's just been taking a beating for 30, 40 years. <laughs> I love watching it. I love watching you? There's guys up. There's a guy There's a guy up in uh, New, uh, Nova Scotia, maybe, where, like, he, he trains and there's uh, um, a kid from Colorado. Uh, Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, McKinnon, 
Crosby, like there's a bunch of NHL guys. Marshy Mar- Mar- trains with them too. Like it, watching those guys train in the summer is like like awesome. So fun to watch. Dude, Crosby's one year at Shattuck St. Mary's. <laughs> 57 goals. No, fi- 72. I'm sorry, fi- 57 games played, 72 goals, 90 assists, 162 points in 57 games. That's disgusting. <laughs> The, He's the good. Year, and then in the year before that, he was playing for the Dartmouth Subways in the NSMMHL. 74 games played, 95 goals, 98 assists for 193 points. That's wild. Wow. You know, wait, Absurd. I, real quick, best scouting story ever. And it, it hurt. The only reason it is, is because Herb Brooks was there. Again, in Minnesota, watching a game, my boss sends me to see this kid play. And you guys will know who he is because he played for the Bruins. But um, he played for the Blake School in Minnesota. It's like a prep school, private school. Eighth grader playing varsity. Six foot four, 210 pounds. <laughs> eighth grader. Blake Wheeler? Blake Wheeler. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You know what's funny is I remember like reading about these guys like when I would get like the USA hockey magazines in the mail, yeah. and I'm like reading about like like Sidney Crosby the age of nine and like this Blake Weir. I remember seeing that like Blake Weir. Oh my god, that's so funny. Eighth grade, six foot four, like two hundred and ten pound kid. I was like, I've never seen anything like that in my life again. That and he could play like yeah. he was good. Um. But they are all robots, but you know what? They're doing their fucking robotic walk to the bank every goddamn day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's fun. It's fun now that I'm getting older, like seeing some of these guys, like, you know, pan out in their careers. And I, I look at him like, oh, Crosby, he's like four years younger than me and is worth well over, made well over $100 million in his career. And I'm selling cyber security. <laughs> well, it's it, well. Think about some of the old timers though that played, and like, you know, like some of the guys that are still kicking around here that played and got like shit contracts, and now they're watching guys get in and like they play they're through their rookie contract, and they sign like a you know four year deal for like you know thirteen fourteen million bucks. Yeah, I mean, unless you're a complete idiot, which I'm, I'm, I'm in that wheelhouse. I mean, you're kind of set for life. Yeah, so, I I would only need like half of that. Yeah, that's it. But you know what? I bet you I got a better looking dad bod than all those rich fuckers. True. <laughs> Why bother with the six pack, ladies, when you can have the keg? Well, as Judge Smales would say in Caddyshack, the world needs ditch diggers too. So that's where I'm at. I love Merrill Marshall with the Caddyshack quote. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's always ready. <laughs> one of the one of the greatest movies ever. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Right. I watched. Way. I watched. I was downstairs last night working until about fuck. I think I finally shut my computer down at like eleven o'clock. But I had Talladega Nights on in the background. <laughs> Fucking classic. first or last. I, I didn't. I never know what to do with my, my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> have you guys watched that? Uh, have you guys watched that Shorzy show? Yes. How is, is it? it? Is it good? It's awesome. I love it. it. It's fucking awesome. It looks hilarious. It, you cannot watch it with kids around, though. No. no. So you never get to watch it then. 
I've watched Letterkenny quite a bit, but which I think uh, is you just have to have like a dry like yeah you have to. It's um that show looks freaking hilarious. Oh uh, yeah, I've been I've been it's using unreal. that quote in my high school hockey games ever since I found it. And uh, Beacon, you know, every time we have the first face off of the game, what do I oh, say? Jesus. All right, we're off. We're on the air. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Well, that's a different quote from another famous guy. But after that point, you are right. That also <laughs> happens. But it's also here's the first draw. Let's go, pitter patter, get at her, and away they go. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. That's another one. Yeah, that's definitely a common one. Um, yeah, guys, so I'm just looking at the World Junior schedule. So uh, quarterfinals are tomorrow, semifinals are Friday. Bronze medal game is Saturday at 4, and then the gold medal game is Saturday night at 8. You better get that. You get a bit that brand-new baby. Yeah, that <laughs> might be a little tough. I'm not going to lie, guys. Saturday night <laughs> might be a little tough. <laughs> I mean, granted, like, I'm going to be – I'll be – you know, I'll be home. My, my boys – We'll be in bed. My wife will be at the hospital with the baby, so I might be able to do it. Good idea, guy, bud. <laughs> Good idea. We'll, we'll take it from there. Yeah. But I'm, like I, I, I'm only going to watch if it's Canada U.S., to be honest. But I'll watch as long as it's U.S. I don't care who they play. Well, yeah, I should say that. If it's U.S., but I I, I would be pretty shocked. Both teams are 4-0, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but – I and I and just a side note on the World Juniors, like that, I love McTavish. That kid's a he. Uh, he was drafted by Anaheim, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's and I a, think he he did like his nine and ten games, and they sent him back to juniors. Yeah, he's a player. Yeah, hey, yeah. Look it up, man. The game one, him and Bedard had a give and go. That. Yeah, it was cool. You literally, you literally would only see McDavid and Drysaddle or Tain, Caves and Tain do it. I this think I saw unreal. that one. Pretty sweet hands and pretty sweet feet. There's no way around about yeah. that. He he's definitely gonna be with the Ducks next year. He ripped it up in the OHL playoffs. He had 16 goals in the playoffs, 19 games. That's fucking absurd, McTavish. So I, I would fully expect him to be uh, flying around with Zegras next season. Is he uh, Craig McTavish's like son? That I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if there's a relation there or not. It doesn't look like him. Oh, little riddle there for you, huh? I like that. I, do, I don't know. No, it's, hey. he's not. His father's name is Dale McTavish. That's a great name. That is. Dale. He had to have been a hockey player. Dale McTavish. Well, he was born in Zurich, so I'm assuming he was there while his dad was playing or coaching. So... So, uh, another rumor going around is that uh, Lucic is being shopped. What do you think, boys? Should we uh, bring 17 home or what? Why? So we can get, like, the fucking senior citizen discount? Damn right. Fucking A. I would have I would have loved to see him get a guy like Delorier for that role, but he went. Delorier went for way too much money to Philly, I believe. So, but, yeah, I think I think he's past his, uh, past his due date. I love Luch, but I think it's uh, he's long in the tooth. Go ahead, Gordo. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you didn't cut me off. He can still throw, man. I mean, his hands look like straight out of an alien movie, but <laughs> a lot of broken jaws over the years will do that. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he's been fighting his whole life. So he's, um, I mean, he's had, he had some, he's had some great tilts the last couple of years in Calgary. Like he's can still do it. It's just whether or not he would want to still do it at this stage of the game. I don't, 
you know, I think the Bruins fans would be happy if he came back. So, yeah, would it actually help though? That might be a separate question, but you're right. I mean, the reason he fell out so. of favor at a certain point was because after he got hurt for the umpteenth time, he started wanting to try to protect his face and his hand a little bit there. And yeah. I, I can't say I even really blame him, to be honest with you, but unfortunately it also meant a far less physical role. And by the end of his tenure when we was here, I mean, he just wasn't the same Luch that uh, beat the snot out of Commissaric that one time in front of everybody and then called <laughs> out the bench, which I'll go all the way back for some good old Habs rivalry. That One more thing I'd like to bring up here, gentlemen, and please back me on this. I really hope you will. No. We have not had a proper Bruins-Canadians rivalry game in fucking years. And it's killing me. It's killing me, dude. Oh, my God. Like, this has been the worst part of COVID. They killed the greatest sports rivalry in all fucking history. And now, do any of the Bruins and the Canadians players even have beef anymore? Do they even know each other exists? They haven't played in so fucking long. That's going to be our first Causeway Kings cast. We're all going to yeah. sit. We're going to watch the Bruins Canadians game and shit talk everybody. I'm all about it. I'm there. I'm all about we it. Know. To our fans and listeners in Quebec, I'm sorry, not sorry. I love to hate your team. <laughs> you're going to really love to hate them this year because they're going to be fucking good. And even more oh, reason yeah. to hate them. That's right. Let's go. Let's fucking go. I'm so ready for this. Let's go, Bruins. I was never really like a huge like sports guy growing up. Like I shouldn't say that. I love watching sports, but I was never like particularly like you know, I love watching the Bruins, but I never really hated teams. Like, you know, when the Red Sox play the Yankees, like I don't hate the Yankees, but I do recall whenever the Bruins played the Canadians when I was a kid, I fucking hated the Canadians. Every like the the Courtnall brothers, oh man, they had some fucking great teams back in the like late eighties, early nineties. Lyle Odeline, fucking, he was a goonie and a half. Uh, yeah, just uh, you know, Sacco Koivu, uh, Guy Carbono, all the way down the all the way down the line. Fucking, um, what's his name there? Uh, oh my god. Um. Had unbelievable skill. Played for Pittsburgh too. Oh Kovalev, Ru- what? Alexei Kovalev. Kovalev, yeah. yeah, the real AK forty-seven. Yeah, dude, that guy was so skilled. He was bored with hockey. I don't know if you ever read up on him. He was like, you guys did. You, did you guys talk to when you guys talked to Ian? Did he? Did you guys talk about Kovalev at all? I don't think yeah. we mentioned him a lot. Did we? I- so no, he he said so. he was the most skilled guy he ever played with. Like he he said it was just so stupid the shit he would do. But he yeah. said he would get like bored. Yeah, so he, like he, there was like growing like growing up like I loved Yager. Well, obviously you guys all know that. And yeah. I was Mario Lemieux, Yager, like those Pittsburgh teams. I loved watching them play. Uh, and Kovalev for just I don't know. I just was enamored by the guy. I loved. I thought he was him, Bure. I could probably have like a handful of guys that I just love back in that era. Um, and that guy is, and so when I first moved home and I started hanging out with Ian working in the rinks and I, I had to ask him, right. Cause he played with them and he was like, Gordo, I've never seen anybody with that amount of skill. Like that guy has like, it's just stupid. How, and he, like you just said, he's, he would be bored. He would just, he would make it a mission to just try to make people look stupid. He didn't care about, you know, winning 
scoring goals. He just wanted to make people look stupid. And he did, that. He, did that, he did that quite often. I can't, yeah. I can't imagine playing around that guy. And it's like, look, he's on our team and he's still pissing us off, but he's amazing at the same time. Dude, Probably one of the more under, underrated guys. Go ahead, Gordo. Six, what was he? Six, three, six, four, like 240 pounds. Imagine so, if he played in the NHL right now. He's a big boy, you know? Fucking oh, he'd be scoring 50 in his sleep. Like he was a fucking mutant. He used the weirdest blade, too. Oh yeah, it was, it was like a it was like a boomerang, like coming, like it wasn't like a blade that like came down and was like flat. It was like just like a, a like a letter U almost. There's a there's a YouTube video of uh, he's just in like like a war. It was like a warrior video. Like remember warrior hockey when they were big for a hot second, and I think he he was like one of their guys, right? Yeah, yeah. with the stick and stuff. Right, yeah, yep. AK forty seven or AK twenty seven sticks. And he does, it's his video and he's like, he's doing some stick handling tricks. He does this thing where he's taking like slap shots from like the far blue line. And they have like the little like uh, targets up in the corners and he's just picking corners from the far blue. <laughs> it, you have to watch it. It's fucking crazy. And it's just in the stick handling stuff. It, he is just, I've never seen, you know, I guess like Datsuk maybe is another guy that, but I don't know. I think Kovalev is just insane how skilled that guy was. Yeah. I, I saw him in a playoff game just, like, flipping around the channels. Like, this was when he's on Pittsburgh, and they made that run to the conference final, like, in the early 2000s. He fucking undressed a guy for Buffalo. I forget the defenseman, but, I mean, I could not believe. Like, Bill Clement was, like, laughing. He's like, I, I just can't believe. He just do. He's just like he's just like Alexei Kovalev. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? Just insane. Just the the skill the guy had was something you re- freaking read about in a comic book. <laughs> That's oh. absolutely correct. So maybe, many he's still, maybe he's still a free agent. The Bruins can sign him. No, yeah. he's not. He's not old enough. Yeah, he's forty nine. So maybe y- in about five years. But Yager is. I take him as a deaf piece. Do it. I- Bring him in. Bring Yags back. I don't care. Bring him in. <laughs> Automatic fan, Bruins fanatic, maniac. I'd watch every game all season long if they signed Yager. Yeah, Straight up. Biggest sign of respect to a living legend that they could possibly offer. And I don't even care any of the other details. Bring Yags back into the show. I don't care. Make it happen. <laughs> I, try to, I try to figure, do you, have you guys any ever watched like the league he plays in over there? He that's the league that crazy played in. Go Claude, no. Is it that league, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's some pretty good players in it. But he plays because, like, he's, like, the he owner. Owns, and he's, like, he if owns, he leaves, the, like, the programs, the organization's going to, like, fold. Yeah. It's in his home, like, what do you call it? Home city or? Yeah. Home province. So, home province. <laughs> You got Placanitz played on his team. He was the leading scorer, Thomas Placanitz, speaking of Canadians. But it's and just he funny. everybody a turtleneck. You go, yeah, right? You go down the list of players' ages, like Placanitz, like 38, and then 22, 27, 25, 27, 26. Then you get 49, Yadimir Yakov. <laughs> I love it. Yaro. I love it. No, he, uh, he and his father were uh, owners for years, and then uh, obviously his father retired, so he bought out his share. But, uh, yeah, no, he's been playing for that, the love of the game, and a few other financial reasons, I'm sure. But you know what? 
it's been noted that no one has trained harder for the game of hockey ever in their lifetime, half as hard as this guy does, and I thoroughly believe it. What did you say he was, 48, 49? How old is he? 49. 49 years old. He could still undress all four of us on the rink, no problem. He's 50 now, no so he was 49 problem. during last season. Clant's trying. I still bet Yogs would dance around him, no doubt. And doubt I have ut- utmost I'm faith too- well, in I'm too- Clant's. I'm way too fat for him to get around me. Wait a second. I, I, <laughs> let's not forget, Heath, this was before you were on the show, Gordo. He bet uh, Derek he could skate faster than Derek Forbert skating backwards, right? It's true. Absolutely, did. I did. And that challenge is still out there. Matter of fact, after Clance challenged him, he started playing way better in the rest of the season. He actually wasn't half bad. It's true. He was like the best defenseman in the are you guys playing? <laughs> are you guys playing men's league and you didn't invite me? Apparently. Uh, I'm not allowed to play men's league until May or June of 2023 because of my shoulder. I have a skeleton made of glass, so I'm exempt. Gordo, Danny Medeiros runs a pickup skate at Thayer on Friday nights for two hours if you wanted to get in on that. Friday nights? Come on, buddy. He's like, no, but thank you. I know. (laughs) I hear you. I love you, but not Friday nights. Yeah, I hear you. Lots more to go here on Causeway Kings, I think. We're already an hour into this. This is great. Uh, let's see. What else have we not addressed? Oh, Wayne Gretzky is being sued for multi-million dollars because of uh, false advertising due to gum that will uh, apparently make you lose weight, but not really. Did you guys see this? I saw this. Yeah, stupid. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just like, this is absurd. Like, this is absolutely absurd. Like. Oh, yeah. His son-in-law's got plenty of money now, so. Yeah. Run it up. Run it, you put it on his Live Golf tab for sure. There Guys, it is. Live, live Golf is coming to fucking Boston in two weeks. No. Are the Cosway Kings going? I heard. Um, ben, I'm having a fucking baby. Do you think she's going to let me leave the house, pal? No, but you can still get us passes, man. Come on. <laughs> How the fuck I got to get you passes? I don't know. Just That's up to you to figure out. Do I, do I look like fucking Ticketmaster? Lance, let's get one you of those. You don't want to know what we think you look like. Get one of those Allen <laughs> like the hangover. And just <laughs> fucking right, man. Just walk around the, you know, hold the hole, baby. No one I'm going to. Have you seen the videos that, like, people do, like, dads that are, like, obsessed with golf and, like, they'll be on the golf course and, like, they'll be, like, their, like, one-and-a-half-year-old son, like, wrapped in blankets, like, in the back of the fucking golf cart? Oh, did yeah. You so, see, like, did you see that one the other day? Which one? The dad's driving the golf cart and then he, like... like and, oh, and the, the kid's down to sleep. The kid's... In, no, the, he got, he's got, like, his little baby in the little basket in the back of the cart. <laughs> he's like, hey! And the kid's like, hey! <laughs> you see the one with... The, the dad had the baby bajon on, but he had it on the in the back. And he's swinging. Dude, the fucking kid had to have, still has to have whiplash because oh, yeah. there's no, he was like a fucking yeah. uh, 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 And he, he couldn't have been any older than like eight months old. Anything for the gram, right? That's right. Oh, yeah. Let's give CTE to our babies. Baby yeah, brain seriously. jelly pudding brand brought to you by Bad Dad's Golf Brand. <laughs> Bad Ra- dads. Random, random question for you guys. Do you guys ever watch Shark Tank? Sometimes. Yeah, I used to. I like literally like when my wife and I go to bed, like we put it on like religiously every night. It's a good show. And it's literally like why I sit there and I'm like, why did I not come up with that stupid fucking idea that is now making some jerk. millions and millions of dollars every year. I just don't understand it. Never yeah, too late, buddy. Let's let's go. Let's 
Let's do some brainstorming. Yep. Dude, I, I sit here every day working, and all I'm thinking about is, okay, what can I invent? What can we make happen? What I, can I make happen? I no think, question. like, hockey-wise, we had, when we had Andrew Alberts on talking about Sense Arena, that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. No doubt, no doubt about it. It's like uh, the how about a, a hockey helmet for coaches that doesn't make you look like an idiot? No, 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 no. We can't have that. You guys got to keep looking stupid, otherwise the respect factor goes out. We can't have it. A hockey helmet that accentuates your great hair. Now that's now we're talking. There it is. Why do I actually look like you got a haircut though? I did. I did. I couldn't like it. My hair was out of control. So I'm keeping the beard. I think for a little while longer until I get non-fat. Um, there you go, buddy. Oh, I hear you, man. This is my jawline. This isn't a beard. Right. I said that to somebody, too. I said, uh-uh, man. This is hiding a lot here. I ain't got one of these things you call a chin, so I got to make it look like one here. <laughs> uh, last oh, time I, I love it. Last time I grew my beard out, and then my son bitched that I, he's like, he didn't like my beard. It was scratchy. So I shaved it off, and then he called me fat for like two weeks. So, yeah, you little shit. It's going to stay just like it is yeah. for a little while. Right. It's like I got more chins than fucking Jake the Bruskhead hits last season. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't. Well. <laughs> we've, been, we've been on fire here on Causeway my, Kings. That's right. My four year old had a magnifying glass earlier. And oh, he goes, no. And he, he looked at my stomach and goes, ah, You have a fat stomach. <laughs> I was like, you didn't need a magnifying glass to know that. You'd be like, listen, this is what you're going to grow up to be. So <laughs> let's take no, a look at your future. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get a we're gonna get a little gym installed at the new studio, and we're gonna work out at pre pre recording workout every Tuesday. Oh my God, dude! <laughs> if I could look like you while you were training that when you were doing UFC down there at South Shore Sports, dude, you were yoked. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> yeah, my, don't go go on. My wife, my wife reminds me all the time. Hey, remember that one time you were really jacked, and now you're not. Now you're not anymore. <laughs> I, yeah, actually, one of the kids, uh, um, the kid that uh, started, he's been skating with me for a while, but he just kind of took the summer off a little bit and kind of like get away from hockey and kind of put the, the skates and shit away, which is always a good idea. Right. So we were chit-chatting. I said, what have you been up to this summer? And he goes, I actually started taking jujitsu classes. And I'm like, what do you think? And he goes, I fucking love it. Like, you know, it's challenging and it's tough and it's, you know, there's when you first start doing it, it's like, you know, and I, I was like, stick with it, man. It's a great workout. And um, I do. I miss those days, but I don't miss getting kicked in the head, and my brain feels like it's rattling around up there for you know a couple weeks. But little shout out to South Shore Sports Fighting, yeah, we'll over move. in Rock- over in Rockland, Mass. They're actually they're 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 doing really well, man. They they've got a ton of good fucking kids coming out of that gym, and the sports obviously, as you guys probably know, it's. You know, with the UFC being as big as it is, the the local scenes with the fighting stuff is pretty good. Cage Titans and yeah, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah, there's some there's some really good kids that are coming. You know, I don't know, and too like some of these guys now, it's like there's some scary humans walking, like knowing that some of these kids can do some of the shit. You know, it's right? uh, oh no shit, you don't you don't know what the hell you're talking to, like. 
get yeah. the dust up, a guy will rip your arm off and shove it up your ass. Like Johnny Cupcakes Campbell there. I skated with him a couple times. Yeah, Johnny's a great kid. Yeah. He, he's a pretty good <laughs> hockey player. I mean, just a beer league pickup, but yeah. he'll also uh, rip your rip your arm in half. He's a tough fucking kid, man. Yeah. I definitely. think I, I saw him fight. Uh, I think he was fighting out in Foxwoods, maybe. And the kid, I don't know if a kid punched him or kicked him or elbowed him. And his ear fucking like split up here. Exploded. His, yeah. yeah Damn. His fucking, dude, his ear was like pretty much all the way off. Talk about yeah. dangling, huh? And then, you know, you see a picture of him at the hospital, like the next day they stitch his ear back on and he's given like one of these, like, all <laughs> will keep going. So to keep fighting. Like, put an extra few stitches in duck, make, make sure it stays. That's awesome. Gentlemen, we, we are coming up on it. I know I love these great local stories. You're just not going to get this anywhere else except right here on Causeway Kings on the WMEX Sports Podcast Network. But it is getting kind of late. It is almost 1040 already here during recording time. So on that happy note, Clance, if you'll uh, lead us off, Gordo in the middle, and then Marshall with the final thoughts. Clance, go ahead. Oh, boys, it's always uh, always a pleasure being on camera with you handsome fellas. Uh, talk about a lot of great things. Um, shout out to Cam Brown and best of luck to his team in three ice hockey this upcoming weekend. I uh, will be rooting for you. And remember what I said, Cam, you win that million. You owe a big shout out to the Causeway Kings. <laughs> but uh, no, it was pumped to be back on with you guys tonight. Um, unfortunately I will be MIA next week due to the birth of my son this upcoming Friday, but, uh, I will be back the following week to, to start fucking picking on Beacon for dicking on Steve Eisenman. Uh, excellent. And congratulations. And, uh, hopefully everything full safety, love and uh, everything for you, mama bear and the youngin. So, uh, that's, what's important family first. So God bless you guys on that one. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. All right, Gordo, final thoughts from the man, the myth, and, yes, I say, the local legend. Boys, always a pleasure. I feel like every time I come on, getting a little better every time. Um, not to toot my own horn or anything, but, uh, good. no, good um, good episode. Good to talk some Bruins for a little bit. Clance, best of luck with the baby. Absolutely. Um, you know, you got a full line now, buddy. It's you're yep. gonna you're gonna be spending lots of years in a hockey rink, my man. So, but uh, no, looking forward to you know we got a lot of uh, got a lot of good guests here lined up here pretty soon, which I'm excited about, and I think the 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 uh, the podcast is gonna go in a pretty awesome direction, and you might see our pretty faces on uh, some video soon. And um, no, I'm I'm pumped up, and I'm ready. For, I think it's time for uh, some NHL hockey here. I'm getting pretty pumped up. I'm getting excited to uh to sit home every night flip on the bees be a bees fan for a change whoop, whoop. and uh, um yeah yeah overrated and then merrill if you guys ever decide to change your pickup hour on fridays let me know but uh until then have fun my friend <laughs> we very well might have to just rent our own ice at our own strange time and have a causeway hour i think that might be in the works too that'd be pretty cool you down for that there it is yeah. wrapping it up final thoughts here marshall your thoughts on the icing of this cake this well, meat and potato. Plants, man best of luck best of luck this week man i'm praying for you 
Thank give, you. you two got to give me some tips because I, I don't know my ass from my elbow when it comes to having a kid. But, um, you know, great podcast. Great to talk Bruins. And, man, I, I'm just itching for some NHL hockey. Uh, you know, can't wait for the for the season to start. And I also, you know, want to just say a uh, shout out Cam Brown. Good luck at the three ice. Uh, hopefully his team takes it home. Uh, hopefully U.S. can uh, win gold at the World Juniors. And my last thing I just want to say I want to just uh, say thoughts and prayers for uh, Ben Stelter and um, his family, his father, and, and everybody. You know, uh, Edmonton Oilers. He, uh, he he lost his battle with cancer um, this past week. Um, in fact, when the uh, when the Bruins got eliminated, the Oilers kind of became my team. Just for just for Ben, uh, I, I I don't know how you couldn't uh, it couldn't tug at your heartstrings. Uh, see the kid fighting and um, trying to stay alive, and you know really I felt like lifted the uh, the Oilers. If you watch them in the playoff run, like Leon Dreisaitl, like cutting through as best he could, and uh, you know God bless Ben and his family, and uh, you know thoughts and prayers go out to his family and the Edmonton Oilers fans. It was a it's tough to see. Indeed, it was, and uh, all love out there to everyone who's dealing with anything of the sort uh, childhood cancers or no joke and of course uh, we do everything we can to raise money for funds that do exactly things like that so another great idea for the first causeway classic Merrill good call on that on that note folks thank you once again for tuning in to the causeway kings here on the WMEX sports podcast network as always your friend Ben here joined by Beacon. Marshall, Gordo, and Clance. And of course, uh, maybe someday we'll get Chiggs and uh, BJ, Brian Johnston back. But in the meantime, boys, as is tradition, let's go B. USA. USA. USA all the way. Woo!